Coffee Break Italian, Season 3, Episode 17. Buongiorno a tutti e benvenuti a Coffee Break Italian. Io sono Mark. Salve a tutti, io sono Francesca. Come sempre. <ride> Come sempre, sì, ma non diciamolo in francese questa volta. <ride> Come stai? Eh, benissimo, Mark, grazie. E tu? Anche benissimo, molto contento di essere ancora una volta nello studio. Sì, che bello, che bello. Allora, oggi cosa facciamo? Oggi facciamo, diciamo, una piccola riflessione grammaticale, se possi- così possiamo chiamarla. Qualcosa di cui abbiamo già parlato molte volte, e forse solo accennandolo, ma oggi ne parliamo un pochino più approfonditamente. <laughs> ok, so this is something that we've talked about before, but we're going to go into a little more in detail. And I think it's the kind of thing that makes sense because last time we were talking about a particular topic and this is kind of following on in a sense. It, it's, it's tying up all the loose ends. Esatto, sì. We're going to see how words like molto, troppo, poco, tanto work when used as adverbs or adjectives. So it's going to be relatively straightforward because a lot of this we've covered before, but it will be a great review of things that we've covered before. And it also lets us lay these foundations so that we've covered, in a sense, all we need to know about these topics before we move on. Esatto, Mark. Allora, bando alle chance. Sì, come sempre, diamo inizio alle danze. Okay, Mark, allora, as you said in the previous episode, episode 16, we talked about indefinite adjectives and pronouns. And we have seen words like eh, poco, tanto, troppo, molto. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting uh, uh, the fact that these words uh, can at times uh, uh, change their endings, uh, but at times uh, they don't. And that depends on the function they have within the sentence. Whether they are basically adverbs or adjectives. Sì, sì, esatto. So if they're used as uh, adverbs uh, and uh, in, in, what we mean is uh, uh, together with uh, an adjective or a verb, these words never change. They're always used in their masculine singular form. Okay, so we could say sto molto bene. Esatto, sì. And I could also say sto molto bene. So there is no need to, uh, to change the endings because uh, I'm a woman. So there is no sto molta bene. That would be absolutely wrong. <laughs> okay, but if it's an adjective, then we do change uh, depending on gender and number. Esatto, sì. If these words uh, accompany a noun, so they're used as adjectives, in that case they must agree in gender and uh, a number with that noun. Francesca, could you give us an example sentence, perhaps where the word is used both as an adjective and an adverb? Okay, Mark, that's a good idea, so we can compare the two functions. Allora, ad esempio, Lucia... Parla molte lingue, parla molto bene il portoghese, ma capisce poco il tedesco. Okay, I'm sure as our listeners are listening to this at, at this level, that's a straightforward sentence. So, Lucia parla molte lingue, she speaks many languages, 
Parla molto bene il portoghese. She speaks Portuguese very well, ma capisce poco il tedesco. But she understands very little German. However, let's focus on those adverbs and adjectives in there. We've got molte lingue. So which one's that? So in this case, we have molte lingue. Molte describes the noun lingue. Molte, therefore, is an adjective. And as such, it must agree in gender, feminine and number, plural, with the word lingue. That's why we have to say molte lingue. Okay, but the second part of the sentence, we see molto used in a different way. So in the second part of the sentence, we have molto together with the adverb bene. So in this case, molto remains in its uh, crystallized form, masculine, singular. Okay, so parla molto bene il portoghese. Uh, she speaks very well the Portuguese, literally. Sì. There's also another word in there. Ma capisce poco il tedesco. Sì, esatto. Poco is another adverb. And again, because it's referred to the verb capire, when we use molto, troppo, tanto together with verbs, it doesn't matter if it's a woman, a man, a group of people. Again, uh, in this case, uh, we use the masculine singular form only. Benissimo. Do you want to look at another example? Sì, let's see more examples, Mark. Un altro esempio è ho troppa sete, forse perché ieri sera ho mangiato troppo. Qualcosa che succede molto. (laughs) (laughs) So, ho troppa sete, I am too thirsty, Mm or or very thirsty in that sense, I'm so thirsty. Ho troppa sete, forse perché ieri, perhaps because yesterday, ieri sera, you last did last night, Ho mangiato troppo. I ate too much. Ho mangiato troppo. So there we've got troppo. Sì. Going with mangiare o mangiato troppo. Esatto. So there, in that case, it is an adverb. It describes how much you did or didn't eat. Sì, sì. But with o troppa sete, then troppa there is an adjective. Sì, because it's referred to the word sete, which is a feminine singular, la sete. Okay. That seems to make sense. Perhaps a couple more examples? Okay. Ad esempio, ci sono tante persone che parlano tanto, ma fanno poco. <laughs> sono d'accordo. <laughs> so, ci sono tante persone. There are so many people. So, tante there. Again, used as an adjective. We can see immediately as an adjective because sì. of the agreement. Tante persone che parlano tanto that speaks so much, and their tanto is coming with the verb, so it's an adverb, che parlano tanto, that speaks so much, ma fanno poco, Mm -hmm. but do very little. (laughs) And poco, again, an adverb there. Esatto. And let's see one more example, maybe, (laughs) to make sure that everyone is happy with this. Mia sorella ha molte amiche, tutte molto simpatiche. Ah, see, this is one of those sentences that I think many learners, including myself, would make a mistake with because the molte and molto seem to be a little confusing. See, it's very important to notice that in the first part of the sentence, we are talking about le amiche. So, uh, molto becomes an adjective, and for this reason, it has to agree. Mia sorella ha molte Amiche, we are describing the friends. 
In the second part, we are only adding some information to the adjective simpatiche. And as we said before, when we have adjectives, we don't want to change the endings to the adverb that goes together with them. So, tutte, molto, simpatiche. Yep. So, think of it as molte amiche. That means many or much. But molto simpatiche means very. So the molto there, the very part, that's the adverb. The comparison with English uh, is really useful because you wouldn't say uh, my sister has uh, a lot of friends or many friends, many nice or a lot nice. (laughs) So that uh, comparison really helps, I think. We've seen then that these words molto, poco, troppo and tanto can all work both as adjectives and as adverbs. Mm-hmm. And really the, the, the important thing is that when they are adverbs, they stay in the masculine singular form, regardless sì. of the situation, what, who they're talking about and so on. Exactly. So when they go together with an adjective or with a verb, they do not change. But if they are adjectives going together with a noun, then they change. They agree as so often is the case in gender esatto. and number. Sì, sì, perfetto, Mark. One little thing, and that is just watch with poco, because poco obviously ends in C-O, and that means if we're making it a masculine plural form, then it becomes pochi, and therefore we need to add in an H in order to keep that C hard. Likewise with poche, the feminine plural form. Sì, esatto. That's very important for uh, spelling and pronunciation purposes. Could you give us a quick example of, of a sentence that includes pochi or poche? Sì, ad esempio, oggi ho pochi compiti e poche pagine da leggere. Perfetto. Okay, so oggi ho pochi compiti. Um, today I have very few pieces of homework to get sì. done. E poche pagine da leggere and very few pages to read. Sì, sì. Perfetto. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is pretty much all we need to know about this area of grammar. As I said, we've we've done this before, we've looked at these before, but this has been an opportunity to to summarize sì. the situation, particularly in reference to what we did last time. And hopefully now everything makes sense. After the break, we'll be listening to a conversation in which you'll hear more examples of these words. In addition to the podcast version of Coffee Break Italian Season 3, we are also putting together a full course on the Coffee Break Academy, where you'll be able to access bonus materials to help you make even better progress with your Italian. That's right. Not only will you be able to enjoy an ad-free audio version of each lesson, we'll also provide a bonus episode in which we'll go through every detail of the dialogues and a third episode for each lesson in which Francesca will be testing us with some translation challenges based on the lesson topic. Of course, there are comprehensive notes and a video version of each lesson too. Visit coffeebreakitalian.com and follow the links for season three there. Okay, today we're talking about molto, poco, tanto, and uh, troppo, used both as uh, adjectives and as adverbs. And we're going to be hearing some of these 
in our conversation, Francesca. This is a continuation, isn't it? Sì, sì, infatti, this is the follow-up to our previous uh, episode. So we are still in Puglia with our uh, tourist guide, Nicola, che fa da Cicerone. <laughs> and today we are visiting Alberobello, which is one of the most beautiful places in Puglia, famous for uh, the Trulli, uh, a very special a type of a structure that you can find uh, in that region, which is also part of the UNESCO World uh, Heritage. Perfetto. Okay, we'll find out a little more about these then as we listen to this conversation and listen out for the molto, poco, tanto and troppo, used both as adjectives and as adverbs. Eccoci. Come potete vedere, siamo arrivati ad Alberobello. Sono le undici e mezza e abbiamo molto tempo per esplorare bene tutta la zona. Siete fortunati perché di lunedì ci sono sempre pochi turisti, quindi potrete scattare delle bellissime foto. Nicola, possiamo scendere dal pullman? Non si respira qui dentro. C'è davvero poca aria. Certo, signora. Ora chiedo all'autista di aprire le porte. Grazie. Ho troppa voglia di scendere e ammirare con i miei occhi questa meraviglia. Ho letto molto a proposito. Quindi lei sa già che i trulli sono considerati dall'UNESCO Patrimonio dell'Umanità? Scusi, Nicola, può alzare un pochino la voce? Qui si sente poco! Sì, dicevo alla signora che i trulli sono molto speciali e sono un sito che fa parte del patrimonio dell'umanità. Ne avete mai sentito parlare? Sì, eh, se non sbaglio, l'Italia ha tanti siti riconosciuti dall'UNESCO come patrimonio dell'umanità, vero? Proprio così. L'Italia, insieme alla Cina, è in testa alla classifica, anche se purtroppo poca gente nel nostro paese lo sa. Wow, guardate, quanti trulli! Sono tutti molto belli e diversi tra loro. Questo sembra tanto più grande degli altri. Infatti questo è il cosiddetto trullo sovrano. Si chiama così perché è il trullo più alto di tutti. Se non sbaglio, raggiunge i 14 metri di altezza. Ma cosa fanno le persone che vivono qui? Beh... Innanzitutto lavorano molto con il turismo, poi alcune persone si occupano di artigianato, gastronomia e anche attività tessili. Avremo tempo per comprare qualche souvenir più tardi? Certo, ma prima che ne dite di mangiare qualcosina? Sì, io ho molta fame. E io sono troppo stanca per camminare sotto il sole cocente di mezzogiorno. Allora seguitemi tutti. Facciamo due passi per la via del centro e ci dirigiamo verso il ristorante Vecchio Trullo. Manca poco, forza! Oh mamma mia, ho mangiato troppo! Le mie orecchiette erano molto buone. E il vino? Vi è piaciuto? Delizioso! Si mangia sempre molto bene qui. E ci vengono anche tante persone del posto, non solo turisti. E i camerieri sono molto gentili e sempre sorridenti. Non voglio sembrare troppo campanilista, 
ma noi pugliesi siamo così per natura. Confermo, anche a Taranto ho avuto la stessa impressione. La gente si gode molto la vita, mangia bene e si lamenta poco. È vero, ma... Shhh. È un segreto che solo poche persone conoscono. Non parlatene troppo in giro. Un brindisi alla Puglia, allora. Cin cin! Cin cin! It sounds like they've had a lovely day. <laughs> sì, such a lovely episode. It makes me want to go to Puglia okay, okay. now. <laughs> so, what happened in, in this episode? We're obviously going to talk more about it in our bonus episode and we'll go through each line in detail. But for now, let's just have a, a little bit of a summary. Sì, as we have just said, this is the follow-up to the previous uh, episode with our guide, Nicola, and uh, a lovely group of uh, tourists who are in Alberobello today to explore the area. I was feeling their pain at the beginning because they, they wanted to get off the bus. I think it was probably pretty hot in the bus. Sì, sì, sì. And... Um... Uh, it's really hot. They can't breathe, but uh, they kindly open the uh, the door for to the bus, and they are going to see the uh, the Trulli, which are part of the UNESCO heritage, as we said before. If our listeners haven't heard of Trulli, uh, can you explain a little? They're, they're sort of dry stone. Huts, as it were. See, 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 and people live uh, in there. You can also uh, book a, a trullo for a, for your holiday in Puglia and use it as your accommodation. Yeah. Am I right in thinking they've got like conical roofs? Is that the see, way it works? Yeah. See, 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 see. They, they definitely are very interesting. Do, do look them up if you're not familiar with them. And uh, you'll probably find, I don't know, in, on Wikipedia an, an article about Albero Bello and, and all the Trulli there. Sicuramente. We also spoke about the Trulli in some uh, uh, of our episodes of the, uh, of the magazine. magazine. Exactly. Okay, so they want to go off the bus. Uh, they are going to see the Trulli. Um, what, what happens next? Yes, one of the, of the ladies on the tour, she also asks uh, the, the guide to speak a little bit louder because they cannot hear at the back of the bus what he's saying. Yep, and so he then explains a little about uh, the UNESCO World Heritage sites and the fact that Italy, along with China, is sort of at the top of the charts in, in terms of the number of World Heritage sites uh, which they, they have. Yes, we're very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the tourists uh, uh, spots uh, a very special, a distinctive uh, trullo, which is the highest of all. In fact, uh, it's uh, 14 meters um, high, quite impressive. He he then goes on to explain a little bit what the locals do for a living. Yes, they work in the the food industry, obviously, uh, handicraft, and uh, also the textile industry, which is very interesting. Okay. Now, it is a very hot day, Mm -hmm. and uh, the whole group is is pretty tired. Um, So I think they decide to head to to a restaurant for some lunch. See, they go to Vecchio Trullo where they eat uh, some uh, delicious orecchiette and uh, uh, they drink some nice local wine. Sounds, it sounds delightful. It sounds delightful. It's not only a restaurant for tourists, though. No, apparently it's also a restaurant uh, where uh, the locals uh, 
eat, which is always very <laughs> reassuring. And the staff seem to be very kind and smiley. But it's not only the staff of the restaurant who are who are good natured. In fact, it's everyone in Puglia, according to Nicola. See, see, see. That's what he. That's what he says, and um, and his impression is also shared by one of the ladies on uh, the tour. Yeah, I think, did she say that uh, everyone enjoys life, they eat well and complain little? See, apparently this is the secret for a happy life. Well, <laughs> let, let's let's toast to that. In fact, just exactly that's what they did at the end. They all toasted to that and that sound, sounds sounds good to me. Enjoy See. life, eat well and complain little. See, it seems like uh, the perfect uh, plan for a happy life. <laughs> well, with that, we will almost leave you, but there is still time for Ancora Una Cosina. Ah, sì, la cosina di oggi. Uh, I really like it. Uh, and it's linked, uh, obviously, to Nicola, our tourist guy, and the affection he has for for Puglia, for uh, the region where uh, he comes from. And this is something we say in Italian when we want to talk about our, uh, our home, our house, uh, or more uh, in an extended way, where we come from. Okay, so what is the expression? So we say, casa mia, casa mia, per piccina che tu sia, tu mi sembri una badia. È un po' difficile. È un po' difficile, soprattutto quella, quella parola alla fine. <laughs> sì, badia, badia è una parola un po' antica eh, che significa abbazia in italiano contemporaneo. So abbazia would be... An abbey? Abbey, mm-hmm. sì, okay. sì, sì. So, casa mia, casa mia, so my, my house, my house, per piccina che tu sia, so that's a, a lovely subjunctive, but again, we're not going there quite yet, <laughs> but uh, however however small you may be. Sì. Tu mi, sembre, uh, tu mi sembri mm-hmm. una badia, um, you seem to me an abbey. Sì, esatto, so despite uh, being uh, maybe small or having some flaws, for me you are like the, the best place where I could be. That sounds very nice. What is the origin of, of this expression, Francesca? I'm not too sure. Obviously, uh, abbazia is always a synonym for wealth, uh, uh, richness, uh, because there used to be very rich places. Uh, but uh, I think Puccini used this very line in uh, in his music, which is rather interesting. Yeah, it's. I actually find this fascinating because um, he had a, a folk song uh, called Casa Mia, My Home, um, and it is very interesting because through his music and through the range of notes used in this song, he reinforced the piccina aspect of uh, of Casamia. So he, he only used a certain limited range of notes. And at the beginning of it goes, Casamia, Casamia, just in, in a fifth. Wow. And then he descends there, but the, the limited range of notes uh, show how small the house is, um, even though mi sembri una badia, uh, it, it seems like a, a, an abbey. Wow, I'm impressed, Mark. <laughs> well, I'm not going to sing anymore, which is probably a good thing, um, perché canto troppo. 
Non è vero. Sì. <laughs> Canti troppo bene. No, 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 no. We're going to leave it there. Probably safer to do so before I start singing. I hope that you've enjoyed this. Of course, check out the full season three on the Coffee Break Academy at coffeebreakacademy.com. But for now, grazie mille e alla prossima. A presto. Ciao, ciao. You have been listening to a Coffee Break Languages production for the Radio Lingua Network. Copyright 2022, Radio Lingua Limited. Recording copyright 2022, Radio Lingua Limited. All rights reserved. <laughs>